morning. Good morning. Short transition from this time to this um, I'm going to be holding the mic this morning, and rather than having the, the goofy thing that I can never get right on my face, because I, I always have too many things to plug into my face when I'm doing that and I'm doing this too. So um, I might be a little slow turning to some of the references and that kind of stuff since I'm one, one handing everything this morning. But uh, well, we'll get through it. So uh, this morning, as, uh, as you may have noticed, I'll be uh, filling in for Pastor Brad as uh, he gets headed out to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, for the week to uh, teach a little bit out there. Um, I believe it's Jackson Hole Bible College out there that he's teaching at, and um, he heads out there, and uh, they, they get to be blessed with uh, his teaching out there a couple of times a year. And uh, so pray for him and Kathy's time. As they're out there, and uh, they, they did get out there safely yesterday, and, and then as they're traveling back uh, next week. And then Pastor Nick uh, is on his way back today from Camp Barakel with the youth, uh, so pray for safe travels for them as well. And so uh, so with both of them gone, I'm kind of third on the tier list, and, uh, and I'm here, so, uh, so they, they entrusted me to, to teach this morning. So, uh, so I'd like to welcome you if you're visiting. I'm Jeff Wright. I'm the worship director here. Uh, I'm much more comfortable uh, behind a, a guitar uh, and, and that kind of stuff than I am behind a, a table. I'm online. Uh, we're, we're glad to have you with us and uh, hopeful that you can hear future person as well. So this morning, we are going to be talking about uh, the fear of the Lord. And um, this is one of those topics that I think people hear the fear of the Lord, uh, at least in some circles, people tend to imagine uh, like some fire and burning, Isaiah 64 and all that crazy stuff, but um, what he is to establish them as a nation on the earth, uh, he is reminding them that they are his people set apart from the rest of the world by obeying his commands and statutes and living holy lives. It's the idea of sanctification, right? Being set apart. So he begins to establish his law with his people as he calls them to obey his commands as an appreciative response to his rescuing his people. Solomon in 1 Kings 8, 37-43, during his prayer, in which he dedicates the temple that he had built to the Lord. So again, this isn't going to be up on the screen, but if you want to jot it down in your notes, it's 1 Kings 8, 37-43. It says, If there is a famine in the land, if there is pestilence, or blight, or mildew, or locust, or caterpillar, if their enemy besieges them in the land at their gates, whatever plague, whatever sickness there, there is, whatever prayer, whatever plea is made by any man, or by all your people of Israel, each knowing the affliction of his own heart, and stretching out his hands towards this house, then hear in heaven your dwelling place, and forgive, and act, and render to each whose heart you know, According to all his ways, for you, you only know the hearts of all the children of mankind, that they may fear you all the days that they live in the land that you gave to our fathers. Likewise, when a foreigner who is not of your people Israel comes from a far country for your name's sake, for they shall hear of your great name and your mighty hand and of your outstretched arm. When he comes and prays toward this house, here in heaven your dwelling place, and do according to all which the foreigner calls to you, in order that all the peoples of the earth 
know your name and fear you, as do your people Israel, and that they may know that this house that I have built is called by your name. And so in this passage, Solomon is praying that the Lord's people would fear him in all circumstances, and that whatever comes about, they would turn to the Lord in fear and reverence and encourage the rest of the world to do so through their example, uh, to, to do the same thing through their example. And so in fearing the Lord, there's an understanding that we are to live in awe of him and obey his commandments because of his loving grace towards us and how he governs the world and our lives. So there's this sense of, of love and obedience when we talk about fearing the Lord. And so Solomon begins his book of Proverbs by establishing the idea that the only way that we can have true knowledge is through fearing the Lord, being in reverential awe of who he is and keeping his commandments. So this brings us to our main text, our main outline, and the purpose of this book. Uh, so let's look at the text and, and uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So with these things in mind, with these verses in mind, as we search for knowledge, as we try to obtain understanding, this passage helps us understand that true knowledge is only possible those who fear the Lord, which brings us to our first point. True knowledge is only possible for those who fear the Lord, as the fear of the Lord brings us discernment. We see this in verses 1 through 3. Verses 1 through 3, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. So in this passage, in these couple of verses here, we see that the prophet, we see that the Proverbs of Solomon, uh, oh sorry, we see that the Proverbs that Solomon is about to lay out before us will help to teach us understanding in manners of making distinctions and distinguishing what is good or just or right. These couple of verses right at the beginning help us see that without the fear of the Lord, it is difficult, dare I say impossible, to discern the things that are good and true from those that are not. So let's look at a couple of texts that uh, support this point. First is Malachi 3, verses 16 through 18. It says, Then those who fear the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them, and a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make in the day when I make up my treasured possession, and I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. Then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. So in the entirety of this book, in the entirety of the book of Malachi, a group of people are complaining against the Lord. 
And in uh, the couple of verses prior to this passage, he is addressing uh, their hard words, as, as uh, he says in Malachi 3, um, and, uh, and mentioning how they complain about following the Lord. And um, it, says, uh, it says in there, putting God uh, to the test, which is an expression uh, used throughout Scripture to, to basically express blatant unbelief. <clears throat> so we then uh, see in this passage that a small group of people emerges who actually do fear the Lord, and as they speak with one, another, with one another, the Lord recognizes them and offers up this promise that when he comes, he will spare this remnant from judgment, and then we will be able to distinguish the righteous from the unrighteous. So the Lord is the source of understanding the distinction between good and evil. The next passage is Proverbs 2, 6 through 9. It says, for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come understanding, uh, knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. There it is right there. The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding dot, 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 then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. The verses after these, uh, in, in Proverbs chapter 2 here, um, they go on to say that wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant for your soul and discretion will watch over you, distinguishing good from evil, right? Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil. With the fear of the Lord comes wisdom that helps us to understand the good from the bad, which then delivers us from the bad itself, right? When we understand the good from the bad, when we recognize that bad, we can, we can see it, we can turn away from it, or, uh, turn from it and uh, run away from it and run to the Lord. So uh, the fear of the Lord brings us discernment. Uh, but verses 2 and 3, back to our main text uh, in Proverbs 1, go on to expound that a little bit. In verse 2, we see that the fear of the Lord brings us discernment in matters of reasoning, which is our next uh, sub-point. Let's read verse 2. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight. <clears throat> so this, this verse talks about wisdom, instruction, understanding insightful words. These are all words that indicate moral and intellectual disciplines, learning and obtaining wisdom, and the ability to make distinctions and think logically. It's the antithesis to the idea of reason versus religion, or logic versus faith. It's the idea that we only obtain true reasoning and logic when we're granted that understanding through our faith in Jesus Christ. We see this kind of reasoning in Acts when the Apostle Paul is ministering in the synagogue in uh, Thessalonica, looking at Acts 17, verses 1 through 3. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul went in, as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer <clears throat> and to rise from the dead, and saying, This Jesus whom I pro proclaim to you, is the Christ. Now, this passage doesn't mention Paul 
going into some philosophical or logical discussion with these people. It says he went to the scriptures and reasoned about Jesus being the Messiah from the scriptures themselves. That doesn't mean that logic or philosophical reasoning uh, didn't come into the discussion, uh, but those things were not the source of Paul's reasoning. The word of the Lord, the wisdom given to Paul by the Lord himself, was the source of where Paul obtained the knowledge to proclaim Christ in that synagogue. Look at what Job has to say about wisdom that comes from the Lord. In Job chapter 28, <clears throat> verses 20 through 28, uh, we didn't want to put the whole passage on that slide, so it's just kind of the, the main one. Uh, but I'm going to read from verse 20 all the way through 28. From where then does wisdom come? And where is the place of understanding? It is hidden from the eyes of all living and concealed from the birds of the air. Abaddon and death say, we have heard rumor of it with our ears. God understands the way to it, and he knows its place. For he looks to the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. When he gave to the wind its weight and apportioned the waters by measure, when he made a decree for the rain and a way for the lightning of the thunder, then he saw it and declared it. He established it and searched it out. And he said to man, here we are, verse 28, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn away from evil is understanding. This whole chapter, Job 28, is devoted to Job attributing the source of wisdom to the Lord. We know that throughout the book of Job, he's been through some pretty awful things, right? How the devil has dealt uh, this tremendous blow to him several tremendous blows to him. And in the midst of Job's suffering, he and his friends go on this roller coaster of emotion back and forth about why the Lord would allow this. And during this time of debate and reasoning, we see in this chapter that Job recognizes that the only way to understand anything is through the fear of the Lord, which brings wisdom. And so we see that our reasoning, our knowledge, our wisdom only comes through the fear of the Lord. But it doesn't only bring us discernment in matters of reasoning. It also helps us to deal fairly with others. Look at verse 3. So we also have reasoning and knowledge and logic and wisdom. But verse 3, oh, sorry. <laughs> let's, let's read verse 3 first. Uh, to receive instruction in wise dealing in righteousness, justice, and equity. And so we have reasoning and knowledge and logic and wisdom, but verse 3 also points out that the fear of the Lord helps us with understanding righteousness, justice, and equity, how we are to deal with others in a fair way. A large part of this comes from the fact that when we fear the Lord, when we obtain understanding, we understand that we are all capable of sin and wrongdoing, especially ourselves. What person knows your sin better than you? Nobody. No other person in this room uh, can tell me that they know the sins of the person next to them better than that person does. And so when our sins are revealed to us and we understand, that we, are cap we understand what we are capable of, we are no longer able to stand over somebody else and look down on them because of their sin, right? Because that could just as easily have been us in that situation. But also when we have the Lord's wisdom, true wisdom, we understand what righteousness and justice really are. Let's look at Psalm 
chapter 112, verses 1 through 5. I think this is another one where we just put one of the verses up here, the main one. But I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. It says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandment. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. And then verse 5, It is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. So in this verse, we get a little preview about what it means to fear the Lord. Um, and, uh, and we're going to expound on that again when we get to verse 7 a little bit. But in this passage in, in Psalm 112, we see a description of the righteous people of God. This whole chapter is about the righteous man and how they are unmovable because of their faith. And the whole chapter keeps offering descriptions that distinguish the righteous person. And so we see in verses 4 and 5 that the righteous one reflects the attributes of their Lord. These are all characteristics of the Lord himself. And since he is the source of wisdom, when we fear him, these attributes become apparent in our own lives, too. And so we see that true knowledge is only possible for those who fear the Lord as it brings us discernment. But when we move into verses 4 through 6, we see that as uh, the fear, uh, we see that true knowledge only, is only possible through those who fear the Lord, as the fear of the Lord is fundamental to our learning. Let's look at verses 4 through 6. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and let the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The word simple that's used here means uh, somebody who is untaught or uh, inexperienced. But it doesn't imply that you become saved and then you're immediately wise or you perfectly know all the right things to say or do. But when we fear the Lord, when we're granted his wisdom, it becomes the foundation for all of our thought moving forward. All of our learning, all of our knowledge, all of the intellect that we obtain, the fear of the Lord becomes the foundation for all of it, lest we never really obtain true knowledge. Verses 4 through 5 show us the first way in which we can see how fundamental it is. It's fundamental to our learning, and it brings cautious wisdom. Look at verses 4 through 5. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth, let the wise hear and increase in learning, let the one who understands obtain guidance. Prudence is what comes with the fear of the Lord. Prudence is sound judgment, right? Shrewdness. It's carefully examining a situation or an instance and making the correct judgment in how to handle that situation. We can't do this without wisdom that comes from fearing the Lord. Let's look at a few verses that help us show this careful and cautious wisdom. Uh, the first passage is Proverbs chapter 14, verses 14 through 15. It says, The backslider in heart will be filled with the fruit of his ways, and a good man will be filled with the fruit of his ways. 
The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. So in these verses, we see the contrast between the backslider and the good man. The simple, there's that word again, the simple, uh, the untaught, the experienced, and the prudent. The prudent man, paralleled with the good man in the previous verse, gives careful thought to his steps. Even in the next verse, it says, one who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil. Cautious here could also be translated as fears the Lord. And, uh, and so we could reword it as one who is wise fears the Lord and turns away from evil. This is the prudent one. The one who carefully examines the situation, recognizes the evil in it, and runs from it and to the Lord. This is also supported in Proverbs 16, verse 6. Proverbs 16, verse 6. By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. There it is. Right at the end there, right? By the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. There is our cautious wisdom. It comes from the fear of the Lord. But the fear of the Lord is also fundamental to our thinking in that it encourages growth in our thinking. So it not only brings cautious wisdom, but it encourages growth in our thinking. Look at verse 6. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. So here in verse 6, we see that the fear of the Lord is fundamental to our learning because it, it actually encourages us to grow in our thinking. It challenges our intellect. How many of you gave your life to the Lord and then just sat around content with all that you knew about him, about his word and about his will? If that was you, I would really challenge you to carefully examine your walk with the Lord. When we truly walk with him, when we keep his commandments, when we desire to know him more. The writer of Hebrews says in uh, chapter 5, it's not going to be up here on the screen, but he says in chapter 5, verses 12 through 14, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. And so when we fear the Lord, there's growth and maturity that comes with our thinking. Let's look at uh, Proverbs chapter 9, verses 9 through 10. Proverbs 9, 9 through 10, it says, Give instruction to a wise man, and he will still be wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So here, uh, we, we get a phrase that we've already seen in our main passage, right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning. We've already seen that. This passage says wisdom. Our, our main passage says knowledge. Uh, but that's not where the, the big difference lies. Uh, the, the difference in the original language in these passages is the word beginning. In this passage here, Proverbs 9, the word is tekila, which actually means 
the beginning or the first, okay, the, like the very beginning point. Uh, the word in our main passage uh, is a little bit different, but we're almost there. We'll get to it when, uh, when we get to verse 7. But this passage is saying that the fear of the Lord is the starting line. It's the jumping off point for wisdom. So if we start with the fear of the Lord, we'll only continue to grow in our thinking after that. Even when we're passing our knowledge on to the next generation, if we're not doing it in light of the fear of the Lord, then we're not starting at the right point. Let's look at our next verses, Proverbs 22, verses 3 through 6. Uh, just verse 6 is on the screen, but I'm, I'm starting in verse 3. The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the crooked. Whoever guards his soul will keep far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. These Proverbs continually contrast the wicked from the righteous, utilizing different metaphors and analogies. So in this section, we see a continuation of these contrasts, the prudent versus the simple. We've seen a few times already. Now we see a contrast in the lives of the godly versus the ungodly. The reward for the righteous being riches and honor in life, the reward for the unrighteous being thorns and snares. But if we start with the fear of the Lord in training our children, then the fear of the Lord becomes fundamental in their learning and maturing too. And when they become older, they know the standard. Is it always the case that they follow the standard? No, but it's our job to train them up to fear the Lord. It's not our job to save them. That's up to the Lord himself. So the fear of the Lord is fundamental to our learning because it encourages growth and our thinking. And then we come to our last point. True knowledge is only possible through those who fear the Lord, as the fear of the Lord is the key to knowledge. So again, the last five verses, verses 2 through 6, are presented, are, are, are presented with the purpose of this book. In this last verse, we have the theme of the whole book. Okay? So again, verse 1 is kind of the title. Verse 2 is the reason that Solomon is, is um, putting all of these, uh, these proverbs together. And then verse 7 is the main theme. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. We talked about how the word beginning in Proverbs 9 just a little bit ago is different than this word beginning. This word in the original language is the word reshith. Okay, so Proverbs 9 was tekilah. This one is reshith. Okay, so it not only means the beginning part. Okay, that's part of it. It's the beginning point. But it also means it's the best and the chief part. Okay? The fear of the Lord is where we start to obtain knowledge, and it's the main part as we move forward in continuing to obtain knowledge. Now, I've already talked about how the fear of the Lord is not necessarily this, this kind of terror or horror or anything like that, but it's a reverential awe of his character and his power. But there is kind of a fear about... Um, in, in, in a scared sense, right? In Matthew 10, 28, Jesus says, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. 
Rather, fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. And so we are to respect the power that the Lord has as a righteous judge. But that doesn't mean that we're scared of him and we run from him, right? But rather, we run to him. Because we know that the Lord is the only way to salvation. So we don't look at him in terror and horror and run away. We, we look at him in respect of his power as a righteous judge, and we run to him because he's the only way that we can be saved from that judgment. We are only justified through our faith in Jesus Christ, who conquered sin and death. And we are only sanctified through the work of the Holy Spirit throughout our lives. So we don't fear him and run from him. We run to him, which means a life of obedience to his commandments and statutes that he's laid out before us. This is what fearing the Lord means, loving and obeying him. We see this all throughout the book of Deuteronomy. We already looked at Deuteronomy 6 uh, when we started off, when we uh, talked about the fear of the Lord at the beginning. But we're going to take a journey through six more verses in that book. There's a lot more, but I didn't want to throw them all in there and, and just give you guys a run through of all of the book of, of Deuteronomy. So we're just going to look at Six of them. Only two of them are going to be up on the screen, and then I'll, I'll mention the other four a few times so you can write those references down if you want to look them up yourselves. The first one is Deuteronomy 8.6. Deuteronomy 8.6 says, So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by what? Fearing him. So we see here that keeping the Lord's commandments and fearing him are synonymous. What does it mean to fear the Lord? We're not terrified by him and run away from him. We run to him, we obey him, and we love him. That's what the fear of the Lord means. The next verse is Deuteronomy 10.12. Deuteronomy 10.12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Fear the Lord, walk in his ways, love him, serve him with all your heart and soul. This is where we get true wisdom from, from doing these things. This is the source of knowledge and wisdom. When we fear the Lord, obey his commandments, love him and serve him with everything that we have, only then can we obtain wisdom. Um, so let's, uh, uh, now I'm going to go through the other four verses. Um, but again, I'll, uh, I'll just uh, put the references out there for you. Uh, the first one is Deuteronomy 10.20. Deuteronomy 10.20. It says, you shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. And by his name you shall swear. So you shall fear the Lord your God, you shall serve him and hold fast to him. These are the fear, this, this is, again, it's, it's all working together. We fear the Lord by keeping his commandments, obeying him. Deuteronomy 13.4 is the next one. Deuteronomy 13.4. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice and you shall serve him and hold fast to him. You guys starting to see how, how this all is, is starting to come together? How do we fear him? Loving him, 
obeying him, keeping his commandments, serving him with all our heart and soul. Deuteronomy 17, 19. Deuteronomy 17, 19. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice and you shall serve him and hold fast to him. These are all things that we've heard about six or seven times now. Deuteronomy 28, verse 58. Deuteronomy 28, 58. This is the last Deuteronomy verse that we're going to go through. If you are not careful to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God. To do all the things in the book that he, he just laid out all of his commandments for his people. And, um, and so uh, we, we should be careful to do all these things that are written in this book so that we may fear his glorious and awesome name. So where do we obtain true knowledge? What is the source of everything that we need as we learn how to navigate through life and through the craziness that comes along with living in a world of sin and death and, and yet not conforming to it? How do we learn to honor the Lord and conform our hearts and our minds to his will? It's only through fearing him, through obeying his commandments, through loving him, and through serving him with all that we have. And so in summary, true knowledge is only possible through those who fear the Lord. As the fear of the Lord brings us discernment in matters of reasoning and in dealing fairly with others, as the fear of the Lord is fundamental to our learning and bringing cautious wisdom while encouraging growth in our thinking, and as the fear of the Lord is the key to knowledge. Let us pray together this morning. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for your love and your, your grace and, and your mercy. And Lord, we thank you for the grace and the mercy that comes along with giving us your word so that we may know what you require of us, so that we may know more about you and how we can be more like you, how we can better obey you, how we can better love you, how we can better serve you with all our heart and our soul. And Lord, I pray that we are encouraged this morning uh, to do so, that we are encouraged to, to fear you, not to be scared and, and um, be terrified and, and to run from you, but to, Lord, Lord to, to be in awe of who you are, of what you've done for us, in awe of characteristics of that, that we see clearly spelled out in your word and, and how you govern our lives, and that, Lord, we would run to you rather than run from you, that we would run to you, that we would obey you and, and love you. And so, Lord, may we understand what it means to, to fear you, that um, when we're looking uh, for knowledge, for wisdom, uh, for discerning uh, situations and how to deal fairly with people, how to grow in our, our thinking, Lord, that we would uh, set our sights on, on fearing you as, as the source to obtaining that, that kind of wisdom. And so, Lord, would you please grant us wisdom today, Lord, as we leave this building and um, we continue on with, uh, with our daily lives, 
situations with family and friends. Lord, help us to understand how to deal fairly with those people. Lord, when we come to you in, in prayer and in seeking you out through your word, Lord, may you give us wisdom in discerning uh, what's right and, and wrong in, in those things. Lord, as we um, go out to minister to our community, Lord, would you give us understanding and wisdom and, and how we can best do that and be loving and show them the truth of who you are. And so, Lord, help us to fear you. Help us to love and obey you, keep your commandments, to serve you with everything that we have, with the best of all that we have. Lord, help us to understand and know your will more. Help us to love you more. And Lord, may this lead us to better knowledge and better wisdom. So, Lord, thank you for bringing us together this morning. I pray that you would bless our time as we leave here today. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. Well, thank you very much for coming this morning. You're all dismissed.